where you literally could be an American and therefore had nothing to ever worry about except for the slight possibility of uh, nuclear war. It was the greatest. <laughs> Since time immemorial, human beings have stared up at the stars and asked the unanswerable questions. Why am I here? What is the nature of the cosmos? What is the meaning of life? Are we alone in the universe? Will DC ever make movies as well as Marvel? How exactly did Megatron shrink? Is a detailed backstory for your first level halfling wizard even How worth it? How muscular men with pageboy haircuts lived on Eternia if they couldn't figure out that Prince Adam was He-Man? Who is going to play Alabama for the championship this what year? What does God need with a starship? Prepare your ear holes for a podcast dedicated to the philosophical quandaries of pop culture. An audio thunderdome. Two nerdy friends enter. Only one shall be victorious. This is I'm Right, and he's Rob. Hello and welcome again to I'm Right, and he's Rob. Uh, before we get started with uh, this week's big question, uh, some attributations and corrections need to be done for, as uh, we go through it. If we, if we make a mistake or if we wrongly attribute something, we'll try to make a correction uh, here on the podcast. So I just wanted to, re, uh, to attribute to Dr. Bruce J. Niebauer from Pittsburgh State University, Pittsburgh, Kansas. He's the one who wrote the paper, Designing Artificial Personalities, Using Jungian Theory, uh, that I so heavily leaned on in last episode's win. Uh, you're listening to I'm Right and He's Rob, uh, a debate show with two nerds who've known each other a very long time. My name is Monty Ike, and uh, with me, as always, is the Jake to my fat man, the Hill Street <laughs> to my blues, the Hardcastle to my McCormick, the Mrs. King to my Scarecrow, ladies and gentlemen, the loser himself, Mr. Rob Bloom. Hi, Rob. I was, the Simon to your Simon was this, no. That was no. <laughs> you you do not deserve to be Rick or AJ. Uh, <laughs> those I'm I'm Hello. both. I'm the pretty boy and the rough and tumble Vietnam vet. No, you're totally you're totally uh, AJ uh, when you were in high school. Not so much now. I, AJ in high school, I was definitely not any uh, any action hero in high school. I can tell you that, but. No. You were not, which that, thank you for segueing. Today's big topic was, uh, were 80s action television, the hour-long action uh, episodic television shows of the 80s, the absolute best. That is oh. our question today. Before we, before we go into it, I wanted to maybe get, ask some parameters, uh, sure, just to clarify. Let's, let's clarify. Mm -hmm. um, I... I, at least in my list, included things that may have started in the late 70s, but went on through through the 80s, and maybe some that started in the 80s, but then went on into the 90s as well. But where their body of work right. was primarily in the, the 80s. The majority of it is the 80s. I understand what you're saying. I was a little more strict in my interpretation, right? Uh, I tried to, uh, to rule out anything that started in the 70s and went into the 80s as much, but started in the 80s and went on to the 90s. I did keep in as long as, again, the vast majority. But I think that's, I think that's splitting hairs, and I think we're okay. If when you think of a show and you think, oh, that was an 80s show, then that's probably good. Uh, I think I have, uh, yeah, I, I think that, that that's a fine parameter. And, of course, the other thing I wanted to do is uh, also when we say... 80s action television 
Um, I think a few police dramas work, but not all police dramas work. For instance, I made reference to Hill Street Blues in your intro, but I don't necessarily think of Hill Street Blues as a 1980s action television show. I think of it more as a 1980s drama. It has more to, it has more in common with Dallas uh, than it does... Uh, I'd agree Har- with that. Har- yeah. Castle and McCormick, yeah. So. And there's a few other shows that will probably come up that we could argue could fall into either category. Moonlighting is one that I find more as a drama. Or romance. But had action. And, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Heart to Heart is more of a romance more of a comedy than it is an action show, but it also oh. was the 1980s. Heart to heart. The, the intro, though, the intro was very action-y. Yes. The intro was very action-y, and look, uh, I often think of my wife and I as a real-life heart to heart, except we're poor, and we do not solve crimes. And we do not have a butler, and uh, she is not a brunette, and uh, I am not uh, ever in a sport coat. But, but you did that, kill Natalie Wood. Yeah, I did kill Natalie <laughs> Wood. So, oh, gosh, those are the times. Why does Walken never call me back? <laughs> uh, who does number two work for? Um, all right. So, um, so uh, Robert, uh, normally yeah. losers go first, but I'm really excited about this one. So I'm going to go first this time. All right. Go for it. Let's, let's dive in. Out my position, which is the 1980s action, hour-long, episodic television show, is absolutely the greatest. I would dare say it's the tits. I mean, I'm just going to read <laughs> off some of these, right? Miami Vice, Magnum P.I., Knight Rider, A-Team, Dukes of Hazard, Airwolf, Greatest American Hero, The Fall Guy, uh, Hardcastle McCormick, MacGyver. MacGyver, Riptide. Uh, then we get into the sort of peripherals, the gray areas, uh, Spencer for Hire, Simon and Simon, A Man Called Hawk, all of the sort of P.I. ones. Hardcastle McCormick goes in there. Uh, and then uh, Scarecrow and Mrs. King. Okay, now actually, that's probably more of a romance now that I think about yeah, it. Yeah, that's yeah, that's right there in the end. It's absolutely the greatest. How do I know that? Miami Vice. Oh, that was remade. Magnum P.I., it's being remade right now. Knight Rider, it's been remade like 90 times. A-Team, remade. Dukes of Hazard, remade. MacGyver, remade on television right goddamn now. I mean, if I included Battlestar Galactica 1980, that is what people call the most seminal sci-fi in the last 25 years. The remake, at least. The, the All the, the good stuff there is good. When you think of being, if you were lucky enough to be an 80s kid, if you were lucky enough to be the Stranger Things kids and grow up in a decade of American exceptionalism, uh, a decade where uh, rampant excess was king, where you literally could be an American and therefore had nothing to ever worry about uh, except for the slight possibility of uh, nuclear war, it was the greatest. <laughs> the absolute greatest. And uh, especially if you were a white kid in the 1980s, it was exceptionally great. We grew up in the Midwest in the 1980s, Robert. It was amazing. It was an amazing time to be alive. We had uh, no crime. It was absolutely no crime. Uh, And everything was great. And our parents made good money. And they didn't necessarily have to have a college degree to make good money. Oh, it was so good. 
So this wasn't games. a commentary on the 80s. This oh. was a commentary on 80s action shows. Well, yes, and 80s action fl- shows uh, reflect that beautiful time in America. In a t- it was a time in America where you could be a former moonshiner. Who's- <laughs> Here we go. Here we go. Who is fighting the law, uh, the corrupt system in rural America, being the most inclusive Southerners in the world with friends of with all the races and types? flag on their car. Yeah, absolutely. It's a time when you can be wrongly convicted of a crime you didn't commit in Southeast Asia, okay? You can escape <laughs> to the Los Angeles underground and you can help people, ostensibly for a fee, a fee that you never collected. Where did they make their money? We didn't care. Probably from investments. They were probably investing in good old-fashioned American-made automobiles. That's why they had enough money to chrome-plate their AK-47s. It was a time in America where you could be a good-for-nothing, no-name, punk-of-a-street-cop, get shot in the desert, and get a facelift and become the second, uh, like, the son of the most richest man in in the world and drive around in a really uh, awesome car. It was a great time. Was that the the origin? I never remember. Of Knight Rider? Do you not remember the pilot of Knight Rider? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Michael Knight. Michael Knight. So another actor plays Michael something at the beginning, and he follows some thugs out to the desert because I think like outside of Las Vegas and he gets shot and left for dead. And the Knight Foundation finds him, gives him reconstructive surgery to look like uh, the Knight Foundation leader's son, gives him the new name, Michael Knight. And oh, I didn't know him. that yeah. was, that was his. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very cool. <laughs> he was a strange loner. And uh, like, I, you remember the, 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 the intro to that always had like a much more mysterious, uh, oh, yeah. like, like he was a, like a shadow, a but shadow up, in the but night. Up, but up. Yeah, but a man but can but make a difference. He is the but night writer. But uh, yeah, you know, it was a time when two um, ex uh, army uh, Vietnam vets uh, and their giant pink helicopter can solve crimes with the help of their nerdy buddy and his robot, aka Riptide. All <laughs> these things happened. Imagine, imagine, if you will, for those of you who are millennials, those of you who are not born in the 1980s, imagine being a kid and thinking to yourself, all I need to do is get a houseboat and an old cargo helicopter, and I'll I'll make friends with a guy with a robot, and I'll get to make out with a new beautiful woman every week and solve crimes. That's all. That was, that was, how, how could you not love these shows? They were so formulaic. They were, how could you... Look, I I grew up in the same era as you, and we both fell in love with some very similar things. Uh, but for you to go to A Team as one of your very first ones, every episode was literally the same episode. It it starts off with some poor housewife, or so it was some woman mm-hmm. where her, where her she was something had wronged where her husband, her fiance, whatever was some taken man away was from drug smugglers. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She calls in the A-team. The A-team can't get there immediately. They have to fly somehow. And, of course, Murdoch, Spikes, BAs, Milk. Or Hamburger. Or, or whatever. Uh-huh. Murdoch, you crazy. And, and, and then they, they get there. Every well, episode consists of and then And then they tear apart some trash. <laughs> they fix something. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they tear... They, 
it's it's usually something metal, and they they reinforce a, a jeep or a truck, or <laughs> and they turn it into a tank, and they save the day by crashing through a garage door. Robbie, every Robbie, episode. Robbie, Robbie, how can you not have grown up in the 1980s watching the A Team and not thought to yourself, I need to learn how to weld because I can solve anything. <laughs> I can solve anything with an American car, scrap metal, and the chance to weld. And it only takes like five or six minutes. You can you can reinforce. You can create a gun turret onto your Chevy van with only about five minutes and some welding. I, I, I don't swear know the, dreadnoughts, the dreadnoughts and the uh, what was a Trans Am from the dreadnoughts that was an a-team creation oh, at one definitely, point definitely definitely I, I can't remember what it was called but i don't know but it was the coolest toy in gi joe it Absolutely really was it was the coolest i it's more of a mad i think of it more of a mad max but yes it totally fits that bill as well um okay well uh, uh there's there's variety though i think i mean i, I I'm, I'm hearing a point everything was so systematic with with the okay um Something like, well, okay, MacGyver, we, again, was every episode was he gets trapped, he takes toothpicks and, and paper clips and frees himself it, and gets out of an ant hill. And <laughs> All right. The, next, the, you're going to tell me, next, you're going to tell me that every single thing that is uh, wrong could be saved by a super sophisticated helicopter in Airwolf. That no problem yeah. doesn't exist that can't be solved <laughs> I mean, by a super sophisticated helicopter. Do you consider the Incredible Hulk? The Incredible Hulk started in the late seventies, but I think it, it went. It came on after Dukes of Hazard. That's the main okay. reason why I remember right. Dukes of Hazard. I, I will give you. Hulk. I will give you Incredible Hulk for this. I'm, I'm also surprised you didn't bring up Misfits of Science. Wasn't that an age? Oh, hold on a second. I that was part of my rebuttal. That was part of my rebuttal. We'll get to it. Oh, are oh, you oh. are you done with your opening statement calling no, it formulaic? Okay, we'll oh, get on to it. Opening statements. If we're going, we can go Remington Steel if you really want to go lowball here. Okay, <laughs> Remington Steel is more of a romance, Rob. It was. It is more of a romance. But that intro, again, was one of those, yeah. I placed an ad. Yeah. And, and I, do you like pina coladas and fighting crime? <laughs> uh, can we not agree that the chick from uh, Remington Steel, the woman in Remington Steel, sorry, I didn't mean to say chick, didn't want to offend any of you broads out there. Uh, I'm just kidding. That's just, I'm sorry. I was talking about the A-team, so misogyny just boiled out of me. Um, she was so attractive, was she not? I, mean, I watch hey. episodes now and I'm like, that is some, yeah. that is, that is she, some hot 80s woman she's right there. Attractive. She's yeah. Oh, everyone in the '80s was classy, Rob. That's how uh, women were. Again, what? Systematically, the same show. Okay. Every episode was the same show. All right. Um, it, it, let's. The Fall Guy. I I will concede had the greatest intro song of all time. Yes. <laughs> but, and and uh, oh, God, I can't think of the actress that was in that one. Um, uh, I can locked her. She did. Was it Heather Locklear or was it? Oh, it's the one from uh, uh, Spin City too, right? Was that uh, what's what's her name? It, yeah, it's Heather Locklear from Spin City. But oh no, <laughs> I'll look it up. You just keep going. Okay, Equalizer. <laughs> That's just a one-man A-team, and it's even more amazing. Um, Jake and the Fat Man, which you had mentioned. Uh, yes. T.J. Hook. 
TJ Hooker sliding across hoods, saving the day. TJ Hooker. Now that is a cop show, but that was an action show first. Um, I will give you that. It also stars William Shatner, who is, of course, uh, it's Heather Thomas, by the way. That's the name of the girl that you're thinking, Heather okay. Thomas. I, um, TJ Hooker did have Heather Locklear. <laughs> that I know for a fact. That is true. Yeah. And Adrian Zameda. TJ Hooker. TJ Hooker had Adrian Zameda, who also hosted, uh, 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 disco that, you know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, the uh, solid gold. Solid gold. Yep. How do you not like how do you not like a cop show that has William Shatner as a sergeant who should be on desk duty jumping on cars that also features Heather Locklear and Adrian Zameda? That was oh that's just that's just that's just, I don't Night I don't Rider, know. the shift go cocoon 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 You watch you watch some of these reruns and the vehicles are so 80s. <laughs> what about Greatest American Hero? Uh, I have a fondness for that show, but it didn't hold up when I watched it about a year ago. Um, there have been many, many talks of being it re remade, also turning it into an animated series, using the original voices as... Well, except Robert Culp's dead. Correct. Correct. Yeah. Uh, Hold on, I'm pouring one out for Robert Culp. There's just something about it that it just... It, it was kitsch. It was very kitsch, mm -hmm. but cute. But yeah. it, I mean, that's... Okay. Okay, let's, let's talk about the ones that you would say are the lower tier. The ones that were canceled. Oh, I... Manimal, you know, we both... Manimal. What about Street, my... Street Hawk? Street Hawk. Street Hawk. I have Street Hawk. Just, which was just Knight Rider Hawk. with a motorcycle. What? Auto Man, which is Tron meets Knight Rider. That is from the producers of Tron. They put that on the commercials. It was like from the producers of Tron. Hammer. Oh, man. oh Sledgehammer. Sledgehammer is a parody, though. Yes. Yeah. It was a. Sp but it. It was like airplane meets. Yeah. No. 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 Not T.J. Hooker. More. Uh, well, every other uh, police procedural. It was Hunter. It's more like, uh, sure. yeah, airplane makes center. Um, for some reason, my list listed Doctor Who. I realized Doctor Who was on in the '80s, but I, do, I just don't put it on this same list. That was more of a sci-fi show than an action show, in my opinion. I right. Uh, that also probably listed um, Next Generation started in the '80s, but I don't consider it an '80s show. I consider it. Well, yeah, I'm with you on that one too. I really, even though it was even more in the 80s but i i felt like it just hit its stride in the 90s it, yeah a man called hawk yeah i, I said that uh, uh, the spencer for hire yeah. ripoff or, uh, yeah um somebody had mentioned to me oh what was it streets of san francisco have you ever heard of that streets of san francisco had michael douglas and carl malden in it i think that's more of a 70s show but i think it did cross over into the 80s i, I think you're right but it is i i think that's a really good you know, I know this isn't an uh, 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 an '80s TV action, but Jewel of the Nile. If, we, if I can bring up Michael Douglas for a minute, that's a that's a if that 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 was like a movie version of all of these shows. It was amazing. Sorry. And uh, what's Mr. his name? Getting to his career. Uh, what was the uh, the theme song when the going gets? I can't think of the the sing. <laughs> when the going uh, gets Ocean. tough. Billy Ocean. Ocean. Yeah. The door, get going, the going gets tough. 
<laughs> Get out of my dreams. Get into my car. Get in the backseat, baby. Um. Oh, yeah. And Misfits of Time, yeah. Science. Misfits of Science was a show that deserved a 10 or 15 year season. It deserved 20 years like Law and Order has now. It deserved several movies, probably an animated series spin-off. It was ahead of its time is what the problem with that show was. You know, it's funny. It really- I read a description of Misfits of Science and the people were like, it didn't know if it was a comedy or an action show. And I was like, neither does Ghostbusters. Do we need to make a difference? Do we? I, I think that's, I will say this. This is one of the strongest arguments I have is that in the 1980s, you could have action and comedy in the same show. The, the, the bit about uh, breaking Murdoch out of jail or when whatever Hannibal Le- uh, Hannibal is uh, dressed Hello, up as. Rich. I almost said Lecter. When uh, <laughs> Hannibal, Colonel, Colonel, I don't know what you're doing. Uh, whatever Hannibal is dressed up as, all that stuff, these were comedy bits. Each show had a, a lot of humor along with the action. And, uh, and, and what we have now, what we had in the 90s and what we have now, Battlestar Galactica, I'm going to use this one, is so... Not fun and funny. Everything is so serious now. Everything, it's like a whole gritty crap. We don't, I don't necessarily want an action show that makes me think or reminds me how depressing things are. Hey, CW, I don't need to see brooding every single moment on the screen. How come we can't have some fun? Why can't we have some heroes that are having a good have goddamn time doing have it? Have you not watched Supergirl? I, Supergirl yeah, Supergirl is, is close. I always just think of Flash, the, the Flash Arrow. Very oh, come on. Arrow, Arrow is supposed to be bad. I'm sorry. Come on. The Flash, every episode is, Joe, I'm really sorry. I'm just filled with so much self-doubt and self-loathing. I know I'm supposed to be the Flash and fun and funny, but oh, I just can't get over my demons. That's I, I, The Flash weighs itself down with too much of that shit, man. In, in, like, in, in like, the last season, yes, you're it takes, right. It takes, it, too much of the, it takes too much of the whole, my mom was killed, and goes on that tangent as opposed to I'm the fastest man alive. Isn't this great? I mean, I don't know. I, there's too much. Yes. I, I will admit Supergirl does not have as much of the brooding, but then again, it started on CBS. So maybe that was the reason. <laughs> so, you know, everything on the CWs. I mean, look, they, they took Archie comic books and made it into that. Everything is brooding on the CW. Everything is brooding. Everything has to be angsty and teenagery and meh, meh, meh. By the way, this is not going on this particular podcast, but offline, outside the podcast, maybe on a, some other podcast, you'll explain to me how we have a Batwoman but not a Batman in the Arrowverse, because I don't understand that, and I didn't watch last season. Maybe they explained there was a Batman for a brief time, and that's why there's a Batwoman. The title of the episode she's in is titled Elseworlds. Oh, okay. okay. So if that helps. Yeah, okay. Woo. But there is... They have... Reference Bruce Wayne, yeah, in Arrow. So, but not Batman because he can't be Batman because the only thing that Arrow hasn't fought is Joker. But uh, it's a different podcast. Different podcast. Yeah, different podcast. That's definitely not. It 1980s. might be a subject we tackle sometime. But. Not. It is definitely not 1980s action shows. So, Rob, again, they're light. They're fun. You say formulatic, but I say. Something that doesn't make you have to take copious notes like Lost. 
there's not as many plot lines to get lost in and and to 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 Even worry your about. Very first, your very first reference was to Miami Vice, yeah. and have have you gone back and watched? It, the plot holes are <laughs> are big enough to drive an A team truck through. They, oh, they, baby. It's all about it's all about drug use. Yeah. I, I sometimes I have no idea who the good guy is in that. In, Drug, in, drugs in, are bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. You, <laughs> Reagan's gonna pop on any moment, and, and you know. Well, uh, don't do drugs, isn't that right, Sonny Crockett? You got it, man. You know. No, I it's all it's all style. That, that imitation in probably twenty years. I know. <laughs> I don't think. I don't think I've done my Ronald Reagan in 20 years. Well, it was a good time to be alive, kids. Uh, I thought that is not even that is not even how he sounded, by the way. That's how Phil Hartman thought he sounded. That's my impression of Ronald Reagan. It's just Phil Hartman doing Ronald Reagan. I can see that there are a handful of good action movie or action shows that came out of the 80s. But as a whole, it feels like they all followed the same beginning and end and conflict and and i realize that's kind of how you do storytelling but they all were so predictable and well because in the 80s we had so much on our mind all the time (laughs) see we were busy uh, outspending the commies rob we were outspending the commies so we didn't have time to think during our shows we just wanted to be like no that's why they lost yeah it's uh it, oh it's forty five after the hour. It's time for them to start welding on the A team. Oh, it's forty five <laughs> minutes after the hour. It's time for Santini to get here with Airwolf. Oh, it's forty five minutes after the hour. It's time to the guy needs to get out of the prison that was created. With, right? Yeah, with the uh, he was left behind. With. Oh, it's forty five minutes after the hour. The Dukes better start racing those back roads. Uh, <laughs> even you know what. This is how good it is. Have you watched any of the new Magnum PI? I have not seen a single episode. Okay. That's uh, probably because you're good. you're under fifty. It's all right. Um, so I have because my wife really likes Magnum PI and she really likes, uh, I guess, Hispanic men. Um, and she's watching the new one. And she's making me watch it, and it is exactly like the old one. It is exactly the same formula. Like I honestly kind of think that they took the same plots and were just like. The only difference is they updated his origin. He's not Vietnam. He's uh, Kandahar. That's all. That's what they did um, to update the thing. But it is the exact same thing. And I'm thinking if they remade this and they remade it with the same, you call it formulatic, I call it comfort storytelling, then uh, it obviously is something that we, we want and need, right? Um I would actually put Magnum PI into one of the old Magnum PI into one of the categories that I thought were it was a decent show. In fact, it reminds me of what uh, USA has done, had done, and the show no longer is on, but with Burn Notice. There were some very similar parallels to mm-hmm. Burn Notice that I, I very much liked. Um, so, yeah, I would probably say that Magnum PI was one of the better shows to come out of the 80s. <laughs> what, what is your, in your honest opinion, what is the worst? worst show uh, of the of the ones that I've come up with or maybe a different one what, what's what do you think is the absolute uh, worst show oh I, I, a team really sticks to me I it, I it really it if I've watched a couple episodes and I'm like how did I like the show I can't um, fall guy was pretty humorous in unintentional ways Um uh, <laughs> 
um, what else was on the list? Uh, what about equalizer? Equalizer? Equalizer cracks me up. It yeah. really does kind of crack me up because it it tries to be this gritty, you know, revenge seeking A team yeah. type. Yeah. And it's quite humorous. It's almost more of a, a murder she wrote type of humor. <laughs> <laughs> murder and she I don't I don't I honestly didn't watch Jake and the Fat Man, but the name alone just makes me go, really? Yeah. Hardcastle and McCormick was pretty terrible. Here we had a really awesome car, like Magnum P.I., like Knight Rider, but like honestly, it was like, what? What is this? The is this the hook of this show? Is that a guy who can't drive this car owns this car, and a better looking, more athletic guy <laughs> does drive it? <laughs> I I did like the the theme song to that one too. Beetle, bottle, bottle, bottle. Um, I, I, greatest American Hero. Yeah, that's one that I don't. But and then Manimal. I don't. I remember watching a episode of Manimal. And was, Auto Man is. Oh, yeah. Uh, would Would you say uh, the, I would put the '80s Flash on this list? Oh yeah. Was it '80s or '90s? Is it '80s? It's '80s. Yeah. And. I didn't think it was a very... I mean, there's some things that were good about the show, but as a whole, it was not... It doesn't hold it was up not either. Good. I, I would tell you what. Um, I will can, I, I will. I would tell you, when, you, when we look at the bad ones, the bad ones are because they did, in fact, overuse stuff too much. Manimal was on, like, three episodes. I watched all of them. I thought the whole thing was going to be cool, but one of the things that sticks out with you is... In the pilot, when they explain his powers, he could pick, he could pick any animal in the world... He always picks a hawk or a black panther. That's the two things he only... Because they only had enough effects budget for those two transformation. That's it. So that's all he does. Um, Auto Man, he could make anything, but he only makes the same things. I have have one last one that I haven't mentioned. Oh, what's that? And this is kind of my nail in the coffin. Oh, yeah, defend this. Okay, I'm ready. Ancharella on chips. Oh, come on! First of all, I'm not going to put chips in the 1980s. It's 1970s, isn't it? Yeah. I consider, if I remember it, I would say it's 80s. I remember. I, okay, because here's the deal. Here's something maybe you don't even know about me, Rob. When I was a young man in California when we were stationed here, which was 1979 to 1981-ish, um, I was obsessed with chips. It was my favorite show. I had the chips big wheel. I had the I dressed up like chips. I dressed up like chips uh, for Halloween, nineteen seventy seven to nineteen eighty three. So I guess it barely gets in. But Punch had left the show by then. I'm almost positive. Chips, chips is also you're right, very formulaic. But I love it so goddamn You can't have it. So it's always the worst. And they always meet somebody outside of a traffic accident, and then that person somehow gets involved in a a crime traffic accident and then they have to like chase him down and then John always throws his billy club and it trips up oh god it is the same it thing punched, over and over it hits on somebody it and then it ends with them roller skating or discoing or something it's freeze framing yeah <laughs> oh, I, I, it's so I actually love the freeze frame stuff yeah. that always cracked me yeah yeah it's oh god 
You, uh, I love that show so much, but I know it's <laughs> I know it's nostalgia, guys. I, I... As much as I hate the Dukes of Hazard, I still love it too. Uh, I know, right? I, I love remember, the Dukes of Hazard. Do you remember when uh, then McDonald's had the Dukes of Hazard Happy Meals, where instead of getting a cardboard box, you got a plastic meal container shaped like either a cop car or the General Lee? Do you remember this at all? remember that at I'll all. tell you why I remember it because I kept those things and I played with them I played with those cheap ass uh vacuum formed thin plastic meal containers like they were like big cars like hot wheel cars I played with them I remember specifically in the commercial for this they had these these things and they were kids playing with them and they had like a uh, a dirt and water play area that looked like Hazard County and they had the general lead jump over a bridge and look at the land of Dairy Queen and land and then uh, the cop car went into the water and they were like, guh, 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 guh. I, was like <laughs> I was like I'm gonna do that and I went out in my yard and I tried playing with and I played with them for like a week and a half until they completely fell apart I remember all of that I love Duke Semester. <laughs> Okay, so getting out of the debate part of this and just yeah. talking nostalgia. Uh-huh. Um, when when I looked up these lists, uh, it's funny what they because they put moonlighting on this on this list yeah. that I had, and they put uh, they put the Transformers cartoon on this list. Yeah, I removed <laughs> cartoons from my mind. I mean, I didn't because again, I, I wanted it also to be a half an hour or a, a full sixty minutes. I think that's where I want to. Wanted, wanted to go with this. And I, I agreed with that, that, that there were certain criteria I wanted to, and cartoons are a whole nother show that we could probably really get into. Um, like it's, they brought up Dr. Who, they brought up Matt Houston, which I don't recognize. Okay. Except yeah. Yeah. No, that, five. I don't know this show. So Matt Houston was like a Texas marshal who gets a job in New York city. Kind of like McLeod. No, no, no. Wait a minute. Or was, Matt Houston is a Texas PI, maybe in New York City. Do you remember, you know, Chief McLeod? You remember McLeod? Yes. It was like a marshal yeah. in New York City. Yeah, I, it's yeah, the I same thing. McLeod. It's a cop show, but it's it's uh it's basically a uh a, a cowboy in the city. That that is what that is what that is. I couldn't weigh in so on that fun. one, um, but then it also had cover up. And oh, cover up was like a spy one, wasn't it? I no no idea. Yeah, but I just think, the, the thumbnail picture of it makes me go, yeah, I hate it. Yeah, <laughs> I think if I'm if not mistaken, cover up was like spies. Um, Rich Anderson and Jennifer O'Neill. Yeah, they were American action adventure television series. It lasted one season on CBS. Yeah, it was. Uh, they were they were spies, and I think their cover was that she was a model and he was a photographer, and they were sent other things. Which we're not talking about it in. Uh, this is such. This is one of those things that just it irritates me. Just no end. You know what? One of the greatest television shows when you talk about action, not in the eighties, was. Um, it was uh, with Robert Culp and Bill Cosby, and I it was spy? It, I Spy. That is a great. And I I don't look. Bill Cosby's a rapist. He was a rapist probably back then, but that show was incredible. They would film in like one place, like in Hong Kong. They would film all these scenes for like 
five episodes in Hong Kong while the two United States government agents were in Hong Kong. They would have a series of adventures in Hong Kong, and then they would go to a different location because the idea was Robert Culp was... This is also, by the way, very funny for the 60s. Robert Culp was a professional athlete. Bill Cosby was just his trainer. So the times have changed a little bit, folks. Well, and and, uh, if I recall, he was one of the few black... Yeah, men on TV at the one time. One of the few black men, and uh, treated equally to his partner. That was a big thing. It was a big thing for race back then at the time. But I mean, nowadays, that just would not be what was going on at all. That that I don't I don't even think people would think find that believable that Robert Culp was the athletic one. I mean, if you look yeah. back at that show, <laughs> Bill Cosby was in good shape at the time, uh, probably from all of the protein shades because he was making people um oh i know i'm sorry okay we're we're digressing look rob it's probably about time for us if we're just going to get nostalgic it's probably time for us to admit that one of us is right and one of us is not and rob i'm not going to lie to you i had a self-realization when you brought up chips I thought to myself, yeah, they're formulatic, but it's okay. Everything's okay because they're fun and they're light and everything's happy. And they always end with the good guys winning and there's no gray area. It's black and white. And, and you knew what was going to happen every episode. And you knew what was going to happen every episode. And you didn't get too scary for a little, little eight-year-old Monty watching TV at the time. But you're absolutely goddamn right. They are not as good as I remember. The, the 80s hour-long episodic you are not only rob this episode you are right i didn't know it was going to involve crying (laughs) well it's just like you shit on my childhood (laughs) uh here's some other things i can i can see that some were good and and some were good science were was definitely ahead of its time it deserved a little bit more Uh, i do concede that they were funnier and i think I think current television show could use that a little bit more. I think that's why people liked Psych on USA Network is because it was a cop show, but it was funny. Monk is funny and a cop show. With What, with what was that one with um, uh, Bruce Campbell? Uh, Frisco Jones? What, or yeah, 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 yeah. I don't remember. Frisco. I, Frisco. That was a 90s, I think. Yeah, or late. Was, yeah and that was a syndicated. But th- those kind of shows where they're, they're funny and action-oriented – they're light and they're not necessarily so depressing. I think that's the biggest thing. Every one of these shows now have these heroes with so much baggage and so much that they have to wade through and deal with. Honestly, I think there's room for everything. And at least that's the nice thing about having Netflix and the like with Hulu and all that, that we, in our modern, we're in a TV renaissance, to be honest. We, there's something for you. There's something for me. And I can turn on the TV 24 seven and find something new. Yeah. About what my taste is, but yeah, but I mean, you know, there, there's some good stuff. There's some, there's some terrible ones. Um, you're right though. I mean, and here's the other thing about it too. They were all Lily white. There's no diversity in any of those 80 shows. And I won't be, I won't be the kind of person that wants to hold something in a previous time frame to today's standards. But there agree, were <laughs> there were minorities in America in the '80s, and there were some minorities that were clearly in the public eye, but yet in these television shows they were absent in their entirety. Or side, side kicky or yes, kitsch. 
played a kitschy sidekicky. They are the comic relief, which is even more insulting. Miami Vice is so much more. I mean, like the Tubbs felt like a sidekick to me. I, really? I don't. Maybe you disagree. Yeah, I, I, really... I think I think Tubbs. I think Tubbs had his moments. I don't think he was. I don't think Tubbs was as sidekicky as say when Knight Rider in the third season got a black yeah, mechanic. Six... That was really sidekicky. Um, uh, you know that 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 felt uh, wolf. I, Hawk, Hawk, Avery Brooks in Spencer for Hire, and then in his own show, a Man Called Hawk. That guy was bad ass. Dying. Hawk was the shit. I remember watching Spencer for Hire and got excited when Hawk was on. I was like, yeah. now, now shit's gonna get real. Hawk is here. When he when he was announced as a captain on Deep Space Nine, I was so excited, and then he showed up with hair, and I was you, like, you just, "What? You just you just blew my mind! I forgot they were one and the same." <laughs> you, 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 my, my mind was like, "What? That's the same guy, <laughs> dude." When Avery Book Brooks shaved his head and brought bald Cisco totally to Deep Space Nine, that totally. show changed. It changed for the. That is when it got good. When I tell people, I'm like, "Oh, I love Deep Space Nine." Tell me, Patrick Stewart was in Excalibur or something. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, uh, yeah, next you're gonna tell me Patrick Stewart was in Dune. Ah, fuck that shit. Um, but yeah, no, totally. Yeah, Dukes of Hazard. Dukes of Hazard is set in Georgia, in in in, and yet it's it seems to be the whitest county in America. That's how they dealt with not being racist, by the way, by inventing a county in Georgia where everyone is white. I don't remember a single person of they color. Would, they would have they would have guest stars, and I will say this about the Dukes of Hazard: they would have guest stars, and those guest stars and their characters were treated with respect, and it was clear that the Duke boys were not racist in any way. That's fine. They didn't even make the bad guys racist in. No, it is. Yeah. The only thing that was kind of is they had a black sheriff the next county over that did not uh, did not take any gruff. And it's and I'm pretty sure it's the same black sheriff that was also in Smokey and the Bandit, by the way. Do you remember that? I do. I was going to make the same reference, actually. Yeah. So, yeah, so I look and there, and there, you know, we talked a little bit about I, I mentioned misogyny on the A team. Everyone knows that behind the scenes, um, it was rampant with misogyny on that set. Um, and the show does use women as props, not sexually, but just as damsels. It's very yeah. it's a very weird show when you think about it, where it's non-sexual in every way. It's women are just weak and they need to be protected but there's That's, barely yeah. there's barely any sexiness involved, and there's very very little romance that happens, other than some flirty eyes from Dirk Benedict. That is about as far as it goes with that. It's asexual. That's oh, that's probably what a team comes from. They're the asexual oh. team. <laughs> um, <laughs> so Rob. Uh, so we've talked a lot about the the good the good episodes uh, or the good television and the bad television of the eighties. Um, let's do real quick. Uh, what's one of the best shows of the nineties? Would you say action wise? You mean? Yeah. Oh, wow. You put me on the spot. Let me think, you know, we, we both had said star Trek, the next generation kind of falls into that category. I really, I have fond memories of it. It kind of doesn't hold up as well as I remember, but it's still a good show. It's not as good as I recall it. Yeah. It's a lot like watching old 
Doctor Who, like I used to make, so I used to make fun of Doctor Who when I would watch it on PBS because of the special effects and stuff. You think about Next Generation and the writing is still good, like Doctor Who always is. And the the effects would have been good for the time, but you watch it now and you're like, wow, why is that so just, it was so clean. And you know now that, that that's the way Roddenberry liked everything. But yeah. when we watch it now under the sort of, oh, we like a little gray, we like a little dirt in our sci-fi, and it looks so clean, like almost like a kid's show. You're right. And I would put, by the, I, I think the 90s but were the actually. the writing is so good. The writing on that yeah. show is so good, Absolutely. especially as it progresses into the character's development a little more. That's where I would argue yeah. it picks up steam. Uh, I do I do have one that, um, go on, finish. No, no, what I was going to say, actually, I asked the question, what are your best in the 90s? TNG is probably one of the few ones. Uh, I mean, obviously, Deep Space Nine is in the 90s as well. It, it is in the, the whole Star Trek universe. Yeah. Right. But that's it. I mean, like I honestly can't remember and maybe 21 jump street, 21 jump street. Oh yeah. That's good. I didn't watch it though. I didn't, I didn't I, watch it at the time. I watched it early on when Johnny Depp was still on and mm-hmm. Richard Greco, Greco, Depp, Greco, Depp, Depp, Greco. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I, I really loved it back then. Uh, yeah, I didn't, I'm trying to remember. And I honestly, like the nineties, I would have thought that I would remember more from maybe high school. Maybe it's just because, but they're not making the sort of impact in my brain that the eighties did. And, and then we, when we got into college, I just didn't watch TV as much because yeah, we didn't, I I'm with you, it, you know, and uh, honestly, if you were to say, what's your slowest f- Clark is, does not hold up. Oh, but it was it's a good show. show I watched. Yeah. It was, it, I would almost put it more as a romantic comedy. Yeah, it it, like, it's a moonlighting. It really was moonlighting yeah. when tights. Yeah, it totally was. All right, um, uh, aughts, early two thousands. Is that is that when Lost was happening and stuff like that? I think that was, wasn't it? We yeah. we, we had just we did early in our podcast. We did the finale, uh-huh. and that show lasted what six or seven seasons. Lost six six at at six most. Seasons. Yeah, I think. So I would say that was at the tail end of the aughts. Yeah. Yeah. Again, nothing. Then I would put burn notice in there and I love burn notice. Yeah. Uh, there's, there's probably a lot we're forgetting in the, there's, I'm sure there is, lot. there is a ton that we are probably forgetting, but there's, but that's just the thing is when we talk about this, the reason why the eighties stuck out to us when we were coming up with this question is because of all the nostalgia we named like, 15 shows that we intimately remember from that decade. But as adults, you don't remember any of it. No, No, you're totally right. There's, there's nothing that makes you jump out of your skin and go, Oh yes. Yes. I remember totally watching that Star Trek Voyager, I I I guess was in the remember a lot of cartoons. Yeah. And maybe that shows my maturity, but I loved really good. Like the whole Bruce Tim universe with the, Batman, Batman on Justice League. And you know what? You know what I think actually happened is in the 1990s and 2000s, hour long programs were either strict dramas or strict romances. There weren't male. If I can be, if I can be kind of stereotypical, these male sort of centric uh, action shows. Xena and Hercules, I would put in those categories. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I oh oh sliders. I did watch Sliders. Sliders. That's oh, oh sci-fi. I, I forgot totally, and I think this is an '80s show. Why did I not think of it? Um, Quantum Leap. Oh, Quantum Leap. I love Quantum Leap. Uh, yeah, that's an action oh, show, that's, sci-fi, but it's it's perfect. It still holds up too. 
Watch it. it. Does, that it does hold up. up. Because all it is is acting. Scott Bakula, man, he could fucking I, do it. Good writing, yeah. good acting. That's what sci-fi should be about. All right. Well, um, uh, I think that's it. Rob, you're you're right. Congratulations on your first win. I. It happens. Yeah. Oh man, if that's what. See, ladies and gentlemen, this is what happens when we we allow nostalgia to cloud our mind and our judgment. We let Rob win. <laughs> All right, um, our next episode, uh, we are going to have um, uh, a good one. We're going to be talking about uh, weapons, right? Yeah, I doubt it'll be as much of a debate as more of a back and forth on what was cool. Yeah, all right. As always, uh, you can email us. Our email address is rightandrob at gmail.com. If you have a question you want to hear us debate, we'd love to hear you. Uh, if you have a comment on this debate or the last debate, or the next debate, you can always uh, go ahead and email us there, and we will read your comments uh, on um, on this podcast. Also, if you uh, if you'd like, please like and subscribe to our podcasts either on iTunes or on Stitcher, or you can go on to Podbean where it's hosted. I'm right, and he's Rob Podbean.com, and you can comment and like there as well. We'd love to hear from you, and so it's not just us alone in our nerdy rooms talking into microphones. My name is Monty Ike and I was wrong. I'm Robin. Once in a while I get right. <laughs> <laughs>